Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. While Pastor Dave is just getting set up, we've got to find a music stand. Turn around and say good day to the person next to you. Um, make sure you tell them that they're looking great. And there's activity sheets for the kids up the back. Can I get you to that microphone around when I ask? No, you won't need it yet, but in a little while. Okay, wonderful. Well, I think it's starting to settle down with the boys and girls, so we might make a start as they continue to grab their sheets up the back. So the last uh, term, we've been looking at uh, this whole concept of just walking across the room, and indeed us being just walk across the room people. It's about us doing what Jesus asked of us. So uh, maybe we've heard of the Great Commission, which we've just had read to us, and there's a calling in the Great Commission to go, to do, to actually follow the way of Jesus and to engage. And so that's what Just Walk Across the Room is all about. It's about us going. It's about us doing. It's about us being and representing Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I find the greatest joy in life when I actually know that I'm in God's will, that I'm actually serving the Lord's. There are many things that we can find joy or pleasure in, but the greatest joy is to know that we are in that spot where we're serving God's, that we're undertaking His purposes. And there's a great, a great contentment or, or that deep joy that comes from serving the Lord Jesus. And that's what walking across the room is all about. So we're going to have a review. Um, we're going to look back at some of the things that we've looked at across this whole series. And I'm looking for some contributions from the audience. So if you've got something to share um, of uh, an opportunity uh, where you've got to share something with someone of God um, as you've walked across the room, if you've got an encouragement or if you've been challenged, then I'd love to hear something as we go through that time. Peter. I will admit, Dave and I did talk about this before, so it's sort of preempted. Um, I don't have an amazing story to tell as such. There are a couple of, thi couple of things that um, I was very much struck by in the series. Uh, one thing that's really evident about Bill is that he is just genuine. So he actually is who he is in all circumstances. He's not someone behind the church walls and someone else out in public. Mm. He's just living who he is. And um, what my favourite song, which we sang this morning, just re reflects there, is, which says, um, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, and goes on to say that you are my everything. Mm. And I think an awful lot of what we are about in this series is just be, just living that out, be, that we show that Jesus is our everything. Yeah. Um, sometimes you see the spectacular change of the one-off mo moment, 
But Bill made a point that a lot of he, the things he does is just being himself over years and years and years mm. and earning the right to talk to people's, into people's lives. Um, a couple of things he said really struck me very strongly. He said he is on the side of grace with people, that he's not a moral policeman, mm. that um, he, he reminded me very much of something my son David said, which is... Uh, with someone who's asking about Jesus and who's worried about the moral side of things. And he said, look, don't worry about the other stuff. Worry about who Jesus is. And if Jesus is right, then the other stuff will come out later. Mm. And, and so he cut away all the arguments about the side issues. It's all about who is Jesus, what is Jesus in your life, and then everything else will flow from that. Don't get tied up in the other stuff. Yeah. Um, the other thing for me is, in my own circumstance, is I had to... I earned the right to be able to talk to people by, by being as godly as I can in all circumstances. So if I say Christians are honest, even if it hurts, I'd be honest. Mm. Um, if we commit to something, I'd do it because it says in the Bible, once you commit to it, mm. you commit to it. And I just didn't open. So the other day, someone actually said in, the, in our school, gee, this is something good. Why did this happen? I said, oh, I've been praying about that for months. Mm. And here it is. Didn't open any other conversation, but, you know, it's just being honest and genuine about where we're at. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks, Peter. Wonderful. So uh, already uh, we've got some interaction with people. So we're going to share it uh, as we go through. But I just wanted us to review the first topic we talked about. So as we go back and think about the single greatest gift, the idea of the single greatest gift was that um, it's not... Money, we're not going to give someone a billion dollars. That's not the greatest gift. It's not some sort of racing car. Uh, it's not some speedboat or something. Um, and it's not even a deserted island for someone just to get away from it all. The greatest gift that we can give someone is the good news about Jesus. It's about introducing people to God. The God who has made them and can give a purpose for their lives. The greatest gift is obviously all about finding Jesus. And when we find Jesus, it makes a difference for eternity. It's, it's about eternal life. Jesus was about bringing life to people that is beyond the grave, that lasts forever. And you might recall um, already what Libby has shared, the reminder of the journey that Jesus went through. Jesus was in that glorious position of heaven and he left that glory of heaven to come and dwell amongst us. He served us and blessed us uh, as, as people and then he went all the way to the cross. That incredible journey that Jesus went through. And you might recall the story of faith that we heard of that man called Brian. He was a soccer coach by the side of the fields and uh, he got to know Bill because Bill's son was playing soccer and through that relationship um, that formed and, and, and Brian going through some hardship he encountered Jesus as he came back and he went on a journey, but his life was turned upside down. And as we were talking about the single greatest gift, there was a call for us to walk. You might recall, we've talked quite a lot about the idea of having a circle of comfort, this wonderful place that we can be in, where it's very comfortable and, and easy. And sometimes we might think leaving the circle of comfort is to, to run away, to desert or to go to a deserted island, as I said before, but the circle of comfort, when we leave it, 
The aim, I don't think we actually do that as people, but what we normally do is we like to stay here. We don't walk across the room. We don't actually take that bold step to reach out to someone, to, to offer kindness and help to people in needs. Listening to the Holy Spirit's prompting as we go. So that was the single greatest gift where we started. So I was wondering if someone else would like to share now something that has spoken to them uh, through, through this time. It's as he starts his day, he uh, rolls out of bed and his knees hit the the floor alongside of him. And I, I thought that that really uh, rung true to me uh, that I need to start each day with a with a kingdom focus and to um, just go through the day. You know, how can I slowly shift the people that I live with and do life with just slightly closer to Jesus that day yeah. so um, and while that's, that's, that can be tricky like our lives are busy uh, and I can't necessarily say that I've rolled out of bed each morning and my knees have hit the floor but I have I've uh, I have sat behind the steering wheel of the ute before I back out of the, uh, out of the garage to pray uh, Lord help me to have a kingdom focus today mm. uh, help me to, to shift the people that I'm going to interact with just slightly closer to to Jesus, mm. um, and I think that's that's still part of making disciples is, is shifting yeah. people gradually over time uh, closer to Him. Yeah. So that, that 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 analogy really struck me. Yeah. Yes, and uh, Brandon and Ruth couldn't be here today, but early on in the course, they they were able to bring some friends here that they've been journeying life with for ten years, and they came along to church for I think the first time with them. And they were deeply um, impacted by the, the walk across the room message um, and what we're all about. Um, and indeed, they've been drawn a lot closer to God. Um, so that was an incredible journey. Friends that they'd picked up when they went caravanning around Australia. Um, and then through that relationship, um, it's been able to point um, their friends closer to God. And uh, they've been catching up with them a few weekends since then. So it's great to see. So then we moved on to talk about living in 3D. So uh, living in 3D is about the idea that uh, being deliberate, that we develop friendships, we discover stories, and we discern next steps. So those are the three Ds. Living in 3D was we develop friendships, we discover stories, and we discern next steps. And uh, of course... Uh, there's the example of Jesus who deliberately went to people, who deliberately cared about their well-being, who pointed them in the right direction. And you might recall we filled out those cards at the back. So many of us filled out cards of next steps that people have taken with us. Some of them are still up there. Um, of meaningful steps that people took in our own life. And then we heard about Dave or Soup, that yachting friend of Bill, and over this long period of their yachting adventure, Bill got alongside Dave and pointed him in the right direction. And quite often it looks like their journey wasn't going anywhere, um, but uh, in terms of closer to God. But over those 10 years, we saw that, that Dave came to faith. And we saw that wonderful testimony in that video. And uh, he got baptized. We had a video of the baptism. 
It was incredible to see. And overarching this whole idea of living in 3D is that idea of God's incredible love for us. As seen in those parables in Luke 15, that lost um, sheep, the lost coin, uh, and the lost or the prodigal son, God's incredible love to reach out to us. And that is, a, a, I guess, a, a heart call for us to love the people around us and to reach out to them. So would someone else like to share now of something that's uh, impacted them? And I think it gets the, uh, the, any sort of fear that this is going to be a really huge activity. The reality of, of, of developing a friendship is not hard. We can all make friends. Um, and pointing them in the right direction, sometimes we get a bit freaked out. And I have, deliberately haven't used the word evangelism during the course because if you mention the word evangelism, some people go, oh, I can't do that. They get a bit worked up. But uh, making a friend, I can do that. Well, yeah, it's already doing it and being a bit more deliberate about that activity as well. Um, I think that, yeah, we, we make friends, but how often do we pray for them and pray for opportunities to take the next step? Yeah. Uh, yep. There's a microphone. There we go. Let's use it. I just appreciated the way Bill, um, when he was making friendships, that it was genuine friendships. Even though he was intentional, it wasn't like, I'm just making a friend to have a convert. He was genuine about their concerns and yeah he was just even yeah even though he's intentional his heart was just to befriend them first it wasn't just a yeah I mean he was he was looking to bring them into the kingdom but it wasn't a false thing he was really concerned Mm -hmm. generally about their well-being and that that ties back to what Peter was saying that we're we're genuine ourselves and we're genuine about the people around us. And the hope is, of course, we want people to come to know God. We believe it's the greatest gift, as we shared, in Jesus. Um, but sometimes friendships we have over time, people aren't drawn closer to God. And we keep going in those friendships, keep praying. And I love the, the comment that Bill said that there's never a, a no, it's just maybe a not yet. Someone might say, I don't want to talk to you about God at the moment. Okay, well, that's at the moment. Um, maybe in five years' time it could be that that opportunity comes up. And sometimes people have to hit rock bottom before they really open up their hearts to the things of God. Wonderful. And then we moved on to the next title, which was The Power of Story. And we all know stories are powerful. We all love a good story. And we know that Jesus used stories all the time. Stories uh, that had a a punch to them, a, a real purpose And uh, we talked about telling God's story well and our story well, of how God has changed us. So we looked at different ways to tell God's story, whether that be, um, as Noah um, presented, talking to someone about creation and fall uh, and then redemption and hope and questions associated with that. Or uh, the bridge illustration, that simple illustration where there's that big Um, divide before God and then Jesus comes there's the cross that that bridges that gap Um, or the um, the idea of the the do versus done a lot of people believe you could just write those two words on a piece of paper do or done do 
is a reminder that a lot of people think religion's all about doing and pleasing God's. Our faith is all about it's been done. Praise be to, to our God. Uh, it's all been done in Jesus and we receive his grace. Those reminders. And then there was a, a, a call for us to tell our testimony well, uh, to have our story ready to go, not to be boring, not to be long-winded, uh, not to use weird religious stories or, or really unusual terms, but to have a, a very clear before Jesus after story. The ability for us to say, I was like this. I was far from God. I was lost. I was self-focused. I encountered Jesus and now I'm found. I'm alive in God. My life has changed. There's real power when people tell our story well. I remember David getting up, David Wilson getting up the first time we did this in Bible study. He struggled to get the length down. Uh, and we were hearing about all sorts of different connections of his family from years back. But he got up during the Sunday service and you said it so well, David, about your before and after story. Would, would someone like to give a before and after story now? Would someone like to share something of that or something that's meaningful in, in story in itself or in the gospel story? Beryl. And Rain, they could have one and two. Uh, I went to uh, Christian Endeavour, but it was all in my head, not in my heart. And uh, we, years ago, had films at Walla Walla, and the Lord just called me. Uh, the appeal was given, and I accepted the Lord as my saviour that night. And I've been following him ever since. Yeah, wow, how about that? That's right, Rain's going to share, but then David wants to share as well, I think. Can I ask a Dorothy Hicks? Oh. What is Christian Endeavour? I know. Oh, okay. It's like, does anyone else know what Christian Endeavour is? Uh, it's like you today that we had a, a set... Um, program, yeah. Program uh, was set and we had a pledge. Uh, most of us uh, read a pledge each time we met. Yep. And, um, yeah, uh, mm. just to... Pray and read the Bible. Give talks. Yeah, and give talks. And, yep. uh, take an active part, which mm. you do today. Yeah, that's right. There was a, a structured discipleship program that flourished uh, uh, a few years back now. Yes. And it's been going for about 150 years. I believe it's still going. It is still going, yep, yep, yep. That's right. action that's happening and I was actually able to um, speak from a person who was not a Christian and now is and how much that alters your um, worldview. So that was um, mm. yeah, exciting to have with her. Yep, very good. So uh, presenting a different worldview uh, with someone. Excellent. Well, we'll get on to the, uh, the, the last couple of weeks which everyone should be experts at because it's so recent in our minds. Uh, this idea of grand vision living. Uh, so we did also talk about the fact that there are so many temporary things around us, all the objects, whether the houses or the cars or uh, the bits and pieces, even our iPhones, all temporary. But uh, there's something bigger that we can get our holds on to. And that, of course, is, 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 is the ways of God's. And we thought about the disciples and how they encountered Jesus and as they encountered that call on their life, they decided that would catch something a bit bigger. So rather than going off 
after fish. They decide that they would follow Jesus and that they would start going after people and having that deliberate people focus in their life. And we see that in the disciples once they start following Jesus. Indeed, there is a clear reminder uh, throughout that people are important to God. Every single person is important to God. And so too, the people around us should matter to God. No one is worthy of being pushed aside. Um, what I, one thing I love about our medical system is that we will welcome in this country everyone, whether they've been using drugs or whether they've been um, having a, um, self-abuse in some way, uh, whether they've made bad choices, our medical system will still welcome people. And what a wonderful picture for us, not to be judgmental uh, and to say, oh, well, you deserve to be in that situation because you've taken drugs or you deserve to be in that situation because you've done that to yourself, but to actually embrace people because they're important to God. And as we talked about leaving the circle of of, uh, comfort, we talked about the necessity of prayer. We looked at that prayer in Colossians and that idea that we would pray from start to uh, the finish as we journey over to the walk across the room to someone's place or in that coffee shop or wherever it is, that everything would be saturated with prayer. Prayer for opportunities, prayer to have the right words to say, prayer that we would have something genuine to to share with people, Um, pray that we might point people to God, pray that we would speak clearly as we share. All those things we're praying about. And we also, in talking about being deliberate about spending time with people, we talked about having a party, a Matthew party, where we invite some Christians, some non-Christians, and we deliberately create the opportunity where we can be mingling, spending time together, Uh, And in that party, um, joyful activity, we could um, somehow spark a conversation that might point someone in the right direction. So that's what we've been looking at the last few weeks. Did anyone want to share anything about that? Ray, we've got the mic still. Up the front. Um, Yeah, it's probably not really a Matthew Matthew party story, but uh, I've... I've been going to the gym for about six years, so I've built up relationships with people there and um, and on and off you have comments, yes, I've been to church or I am involved in a church and my kids go to youth group and we're doing an Easter thing in the park, those sort of comments, but you always feel like it never really goes any further than that. Um, so two weeks ago I went in uh, to the gym and started my session and the first question I got was, well, what's your view on same-sex marriage? And... Um, from that point on, for the next hour, I was able to um, yeah, talk to him about that, talk to him about the gospel, talk to him about the fact that none of us um, can come up to God's standard and that Christ had, um, has come um, to yeah, save us from our own rebellion towards God um, that, um, and my own story. And um, yeah, where he, you know, he was asking questions about the Bible and the truth of the Bible. Um, I encouraged him to... Um, watch Case for Christ um, or if he's a reader to read the book so I will take the book into him um, but it was just an amazing opportunity and I was on the bike going and trying to talk at the same time <laughs> and and so it was I just was constantly um, saying Lord just give me the words because I can't you know trying to think on the spot and um, be clear and Lord please don't let me use religious words I didn't want to sound like I was burdened with words of um, that that were not understood 
And, um, and then I went back this week and he was saying, have you got the answers to some of those questions I asked? So um, it, was, it blew my mind. I mean, I suppose, yeah, we can feel like we know people. And, um, but all those little sort of smaller comments that I made, he knew that he could come and talk to me um, and ask my view about that particular topic which led into the gospel and um yeah sometimes we feel like nothing's things are going nowhere and and just the same as Bill Hybels it just yeah so whether that leads to anything I don't know but um yeah God's a great God gives us opportunities wonderful isn't that a wonderful story praise God for that does anyone else uh, would anyone else like to share on this topic Amelia wonderful I haven't really been here to hear this um, sermon series, but um, yeah, something that God's teaching me is when the Holy Spirit prompts me to do something, um, just to not lean on my own understanding with it um, and know that he is like working in ways that I can't really, yeah, understand. So the other day I went for a little picnic by myself um, to the... um, like hill that the wine bottle is on in Rutherglen and I was just laying there relaxing and then I just felt like a prompting by the Holy Spirit to go to the house next door and knock on their door or just like go onto their property and I was like oh no I was like okay I'm just trying to relax God I'm on holidays um but it just wouldn't go away like it was like a burden almost of just God's heart for that house and I was like oh okay I ended up driving home and then I just couldn't like handle it I was like no God really wants me to go so I like drove back and I like um like went and knocked on their door and I didn't even know what I was going to say I was just going to be like I don't know God's highlighted you to me and I just want you to know he sees you or something anyway I knocked on their door and there was no answer I went to another door, knocked, no answer. I was like, okay. And then I just felt, just pray over this property. Just pray and invite my spirit here. Invite like God's light to come and like break off anything that isn't from him. So I just prayed over it and I felt like a complete release of that burden. I felt like I had done what God asked me to do. And it just showed me that sometimes when um, he prompts us to do things, we think, oh, this is what's going to take place. But he obviously knew that there just needed to be prayer over that property and that sometimes us just like going up and talking to someone and not even mentioning Jesus or just praying over a place, just like the light of God going into that atmosphere changes things in the spiritual realm. And um, yeah, so that just taught me, Amelia, just be obedient because like you can trust God and you can trust his promptings. Wonderful. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Amelia. That's, uh, that's a great story. And I know that there's been times we've heard of, of, of you sharing Newcastle and people have come to faith uh, through those promptings. Yeah. Would anyone else like to share something uh, from this time we've had? Um, of something that's been meaningful for them? Steve. Wonderful. Get the microphone over there. I think this series has um, highlighted to me just about us being comfortable in who we are and knowing our true identity and then just looking for those opportunities. Like I work in a pretty rough and ready industry and all the blokes are, you know, a long way from God. But um, it's, um, it's not up to me to judge them or to, to worry about 
their exact salvation, but just being firm in you know, who I am and, and standing firm for my own faith and not being offended by the things I see. Like, but then using those opportunities, like two blokes I work with have split up with their girlfriends at the moment and it's all bad and it's, it's been great because I've been able to say, I'll pray for you and you know, come and talk to me and, you know, and actually just sharing my faith in that situation just to hopefully break through that, but not actually yeah, judging them for the situation they're in, but you know, and just stepping out of my comfort zone, and you know, some people have you know have come to known as the religious man on in this workplace. So everyone comes to me with religious questions and stuff, and you know, some people try to test me and rib me and all that. But yeah, it's just knowing that I'm a, a son of God, so mm. I am am who I am, and yeah, they can't. You know, it's just yeah, it's an amazing opportunity. So. Right, wonderful. Thanks, Steve. Anyone else want to share? Anything right now? Final chance? Jane again, there we go, wonderful. As the microphone goes to Jane, I was actually really encouraged uh, speaking to Adrian. Um, For those that don't know, Adrian had an operation this week, but uh, just in chatting with him, uh, he was able to share that he's actually got to know a majority of all all the neighbours on his cul-de-sac, and they all know he goes to church, uh, because they see him drive off in the morning. And there's been conversations with people about... um, about that and and he said well you should come and investigate if you want to um so even in that that was really blessed so good on you adrian for doing that uh something we all can do great jane oh this is a little story i was um i was really quite prompted during one of the talks to share but i didn't have the courage to interrupt (laughs) and add to share it but a little bit like what amelia was saying sometimes you don't quite understand when God's asking you to do something, what it's going to look like. But I remember when we lived in Scotland, there was a lady, um, there was a housekeeper that was in this castle thing we, place we lived. And um, I really felt to befriend her and to pray for her. And I did. And I developed a friendship with her. And God... Um, asked me to ask, invite her along to a, a ladies' Bible study, which I was really, really nervous about because she had no church background at all. And I eventually plucked up the courage to invite her to come. And I was so surprised when she said she would come. And I went, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> and she came and she ended up doing an Alpha course and she ended up becoming a Christian but the funny thing is, later on when she was giving a testimony, she said, but Jane asked me to come to a craft group. And I'm going, what? And she said, well, you said it was like a knitting group that you're coming, that you've invited me to. And I said, no, I didn't. She said, yes, you did. <laughs> and basically, that's what she heard. When I asked her to come to a Bible study, God had changed those words in her ears and she thought she was coming along to a knitting group. But she, the funny thing was she kept, still kept coming, <laughs> even though that's what she thought she was going to and end up becoming a Christian. Cause, so God can do anything with the words, even though we might feel very scared about doing it. He can do what he wants with it if we just open our mouths. Yes, so. that's right. Well, I, I hope as, as a church that we, we keep going, that we, we think about the people around us, that we take some, some steps uh, we pray for them and, and care about them. Uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we saw a number of our neighbours, our families, our friends come to faith and, and to draw near to God? 
That would be wonderful. I guess the hope is that we'll get a hold of this vision, this bigger vision, and that each of us will be walk across the room people in our own way, in a way that, that we can do, in a way that, that makes a difference. If we all do it, I can see a huge difference in this town, in this region, a huge difference for God's kingdom. It's about us all getting involved and doing something. might seem small, but for God's kingdom, it could be huge. Um, I love the story. I don't know if you've heard of, of how... Um, I think Nikki talks about in, in, the, uh, in the Alpha course of uh, the, the bus driver that took Billy Graham to church. He was just doing this ordinary activity. He thought, oh, it's just... It's nothing significant. And yet, little did he know that he would be organizing the transport of Billy Graham to go to the event that he went to or the service where he became a Christian, he got converted, and then think of the ministry that spawned uh, or or came on from that. Uh, We don't know what impact something could have, but let us be faithful in serving God. Um, And sometimes it's not the most amazing thing. Sometimes we can face some difficulties, but uh, the reality is, is that it can make a huge difference. So let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that we've been able to spend this time talking about our community and walking across the room and reaching out in love to the people around us. Lord, help us to know your promptings from your Spirit, to know what to say and to know where to go and and what to do, Lord. Uh, Impact our hearts, we ask, that we might be people that, that are moved by you and that, Lord, that your kingdom will be impacted, will grow. As, uh, as, as people around us, our loved ones and uh, people far from you, Lord, come back to you and, and find the joy of knowing you. So we ask your blessing on this task. Help it to forever be on our, on our hearts and minds, to never uh, forget about those around us. We ask your blessing on this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>